Chapter 7 Kalia drove faster down the logging road than she had up it. The seatbelt was the only thing keeping my head from slamming into the ceiling. A few times we hit a pothole so hard I thought the airbags might go off. Sorry about. I trailed off, not knowing what to say. Don't worry about it. Whatever we did back there, it worked. It saved us. She looked over at me and we exchanged an awkward smile. Sorry if I was. Her turn to trail off. What? I don't know. Aggressive. No it's fine. Like you said it worked. Mental states affect the spread of cackle. Our cackle spreads when we're in pain. Odoliths spread when they're angry. Not much is known about lymphids, but apparently, anger has the opposite effect on their cackle. That or it just made him lose focus. Is he going to haunt us? No, that only happens when Mobiacs kill other Mobiacs. And don't feel guilty. I'm sure if he'd treated those animals right, they wouldn't have gone straight for him like that. Besides, anyone who wants to give their ex-wife a horrible disease like whalers and is okay with torturing strangers by forcing them to relive his failed marriage is a monster. Perry's head bouncing off the ground as he was dragged kept replaying in my mind. I felt like a bad person just for seeing something like that. But I couldn't dwell on it. I'd only been a Mobiac a day, and I'd been sung at by police, strangled by a glam rock shaman in a treehouse, and I'd witnessed a man get mauled by the woodland creatures he'd enslaved. I wanted no part of this life, and I needed to focus if I was going to escape it. I had one more day to find the Odolith cackle cure. I grabbed the map from the back seat. That town isn't far from here, just a few miles east once we get back on the main road. We can't go there. Why not? Perry made it sound like some kind of headquarters for these people. Exactly. Why go into the belly of the beast now? We'd have no chance. We need a plan. And we need to know what their plan is before we can make our plan. I bet you that Otolith cackle we need is in that town. We don't know that. Where would you take the loot you stole if you were a bad guy? Back to your headquarters, right? That's what I'd do. And you said yourself, we need to take risks. We only have one day left. And that day could be our last if we go there. This is way bigger than I thought if Zadatorians are involved. We're not going to win this battle in one day. I'm sorry, but I don't think we're going to make the deadline. I think we're stuck together. The sooner you accept that, the easier this will be. Easier. I don't have to accept anything. My mom sacrificed a lot to keep all this magic stuff from me. I see that now. And I'm not going to let that sacrifice go to waste. I want my normal life back. And I'm going to fight for it. We're not going to Arampom. Not yet. I'm sorry. We rattled down the remainder of the logging road in silence. When we stopped at the intersection of the highway, I hopped out of the car and walked east. Charlie. I got a dozen feet before I hit the wall of pain. The voices were in the pain this time, stabbing voices, burning voices. Maybe they'd been there before, but I'd just learned to hear them since grafting to Kalia's whorl. 
I clenched my jaw and pushed against the invisible wall, against the intensifying pain. Then it was gone. Stop, Kalia said out of the car, arms crossed. This is ridiculous. Get in. Not until you agree to go to Arampom. What happens if you run into Nancy there, or Warren, or Brad, or this memorist lady? How do you fight against a magic you don't understand, that these people have been using their whole lives? With positivity? The power of positivity literally just saved us. I couldn't make up a scenario to demonstrate my point any better than what just happened. We got lucky. Arampom is too risky. Luck won't save us a second time. As an entrepreneur, I know about risk. This is an acceptable risk. Kalia threw up her hands. We don't have time for this. They're on their way right now. Then that means they won't be in Arampom. Come on. You know I'm right. And this isn't just about the cure. My mom might be there. She might be in trouble. Kalia turned her head and glared at the forested hills across the highway. We can check it out. But only if you take a quick training lesson before we get there. I walked back to the car, relieved the test of wills was over. I wasn't sure how much more of that pain I could have taken. As we turned east I said, unable to help myself, this is going to be great. Kalia shook her head. Then in a mocking voice, as an entrepreneur, I know about risk. I had to laugh. That was fair. The road climbed, winding away from the swollen tributary, cutting through the mountains and trees. A light rain fell. Do you remember in the hotel room, Kalia said, when all of a sudden we were in the streets of Chicago, and Nancy and her shaka were passing through the pedestrians like they were ghosts? Yes. That's called sliding the ghost. It's one of the easiest Mobiac combat techniques to learn. Do you play a musical instrument? No. She exhaled loudly. Can you rub your belly and pat your head at the same time? Yeah, I can do that. What? In sliding, you have to keep two different things in your mind simultaneously. Focus on something in this car, anything except you or me. I looked down at the glove box. Okay. Now keep that image in your mind while continuing to look at it with your eyes. Does that make sense? I think so. I'm doing it. Good. The car disappeared, and I was in wetlands, hovering in a sitting position, moving at high speeds toward a giant armadillo. Tall grass whipped at my calves and mosquitoes exploded all over my body, stinging, like being shot with BB guns by a platoon of children. Just as we were about to crash into the side of the massive armadillo, it was gone, and we were back inside the car, driving on the mountain road. Jesus Christ. I said. What the hell? Little red stars of mosquito innards decorated my skin and clothes. You said you had the image, Kalia said. I did. What was it? The glove box. She cupped her forehead. There's the problem. Pick something more distinctive than that. You said anything. I didn't think you'd pick the glove box. Although it should have worked. 
Maybe it's because it's your first time. Try again. Am I going to be bombarded by mosquitoes? Just try again. And pick something new. I focused on my coffee cup in the cup holder, noted the drip stains, the lid, the logo on the side, kept a second image of it in my mind while I looked at it. You got it? Kalia asked. I nodded, and we were back in the wetlands, but they were fainter this time like a veil, and I could see the coffee cup, the car, the glove box through the projected whorl. The grass and mosquitoes passed right through me, and eventually, so did the armadillo. Then the veil lifted, and we were solidly in our world again. I did it. I said, like a kid signing their name in cursive for the first time. Good job. You're halfway to becoming a Mobiac warrior. The other half is learning to ride the ghost. But that's much harder. Another day, maybe. See Mobiacs fight in bonded pairs, Shaka and Shanika. The Shanikas fight by throwing the ghost, like what I just did. We try to control the battlefield while our Shakas fight on it. Your job is to slide and ride. Don't let the whorls being thrown trip you up, which is easier in your own whorls, especially when you're just sitting there, but when it's someone else's and you're riding the ghost at the same time, that's when things get really difficult. What's riding the ghost? There are different types of whorls. The one you entered with my brother is a memory whorl. But there's another type that has skills embedded in it that were gathered over generations. Using certain techniques, you can extract these skills and use them in our world for a period of time. For combat, obviously, those would be fighting skills. But my line, like most lines, has a wide variety of skills available. If you needed to make a chair, for example, you could enter a carpentry whorl and ride its ghost. I could fly a jet this way. Sure. You could be the best pilot in the world for a short period of time if your line has that skill whorl. Kalia pulled the car over into a turnout and parked. I need to rest a moment. Want me to drive? No. I want to be alert when we reach Arampom. She laid back and rested her head in the nook between the seat and window. Why do you pass out every time you project one of these whorls? Are you causing long-term damage to yourself? She smiled, her eyes half-closed. You're sweet. But I'll be fine. It's my cackle. It's so corrupted I start to lose myself any time I dabble in yours. It's like gluing back together a broken vase, just takes me a while to gather all the pieces. By corruptions, do you mean all those Brad clones in your whorl? That's what your brother called them, corruptions. She nodded lazily. When Brad and I were together, he thought he could fix me. She looked down. Sometimes you get entangled with a person like two vines, and you don't know where you end, and they begin. And when you break up, the vines get ripped apart, and pieces get left behind. Even after a year, I still have dead pieces of him inside me, rotting. What do you mean, fix you? Oh, you know. The usual. You're not the only one with a bad childhood. That made me blink a few extra times. Excuse me? What do you know about my childhood? We're bonded. I have access to all the whorls in your line, in your life, even the ones you made unintentionally. Whorls are made with pain, remember? 
There's one from your childhood that's so full of pain I can't access it. I couldn't throw it even if I had a gun to my head. I felt a lurch in my stomach. I had many painful memories from my childhood, but there was one that stood above the rest as tall and proud as Mount St. Helens, the incident with the cheese danish. Kalia's eyes were closed now. What happened to you, she said, voice barely a whisper.